You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape Volume 30 of the greatest crossover event ever ever attended in the history of mankind a partnership podcast presented to you by bleeding green nation sb nation's home for philadelphia eagles content and blogging the boys sb nation's home for dallas cowboys content i am rg ochoa from btb he is brandon lee gotten from bgn brandon as it is volume 30 what is something that you wish you had 30 of right this moment pizzas whole pizzas whole pies yeah would you get them all same flavor or di- no different? Come on. 10 10 10 you know what would it be um, I mean, ideally, they'd be from different places, different styles and everything. But assuming they have to be from one place, cause that'd be a little too. I mean, that's just not mm-hmm. practical. Too much work. All. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's assume they're from the same place. Um, probably do a different, a good amount of different kinds. Uh, not like everyone different. Uh, probably like, you know, some double pepperonis. But, uh, you know, like some pepperoni, buffalo chicken pizza, um, you know, maybe like a all meat pizza. Um, yeah. What about you? um 30 of one thing i would probably say baked potatoes right now i'm in the mood wow. for a, a baked, potato. baked potato but no but like um like a like a dress have you ever had like like gone to a restaurant where they it's like they're baked potatoes like uh in college station i've only ever been to one in college station there was a place called potato shack you ever been to this before no so you get a potato but you get like a protein you get like some sort of meat and obviously you get like butter and cheese and if you're a sour i'm not a sour cream person but sour cream bacon bits chives i mean you can you can put salsas pico it's kind of like chipotle i guess or freebirds but with with the main star being a potato which is pretty cool i like that um my grandfather was a potato farmer uh so little fun fact about me that you didn't know, RJ. Uh, <laughs> How do you know I didn't know I like, that? What are you going to do with the potatoes, though? Like, you can't eat them all at once. You, so you're gonna, like, and you, and you can eat all the pizzas at once. I can, but, like, pizza's a very easily, like, you know, reasonable kind of refri- stick it in the refrigerator kind of deal. And I Not can eat 30 all the pizzas, of them. So. You, can't, you can't put 30 of them. In, in I'd give them some away to friends, too. Why wouldn't I give the potatoes away to friends? Same logic holds true. I mean, true. that's a little bit weird. It's and like, I, here's a potato. I I have a much higher chance or likelihood of storing 30 potatoes than you do 30 pizzas because the boxes are going to take up so much room. You don't know how many fridges I have. Uh, actually, on the subject of this, um, a few months ago, my wife and I got a second fridge for our outside area. That's that's like, you know, we're going to be parents soon. You know what I mean? That's like a, a what I've been told is like a graduation to dad level. The second fridge is a game changer. It's all like, second fridge is ex- exciting stuff. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the NFC East mixtape, something that a lot of people, frankly, look forward to every week, BLG. In our wildest imaginations, could you ever have anticipated that we would have people looking forward to this particular show? 
Uh, I can imagine people being excited about listening to me, yes, but about you, that is that is truly a shock, yeah. So uh, a few things to share with you. We remind you to leave a rating, write a review, and most importantly, subscribe to either the Blog and the Boys or Bleeding Green Nation Podcast Network, whatever place suits your particular fandom. If you're a Cowboys fan, obviously subscribe to Blog and the Boys, but whatever team you root for, make sure you go to the opposing team's podcast network, leave a rating, write a review. Five-star rating, all right, that's... You know, not the rule, but you know, certainly something that we smile upon. And you can write whatever you want in the review. BLG, I have two reviews for you today. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so the first one is a five-star review. The name is Joe's Lunch. Uh, so somebody who seemingly is also in the mood for either a pizza or a potato. Uh, subject of the review, NFC East mixtape is great. Hey, RJ, the Cowboys haven't been relevant in the playoffs since the Simpsons was good. I uh, mentioned this to John Stolness on BGN Radio, told you, said, I don't have a problem with people poking fun at the Cowboys drop. Just be creative about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, enough with this, oh, go pull out your VHS. This, I, I admire this. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're pulling at the strings of creativity. That's what I'm looking for, BLG. Uh, okay. I'm glad you like it. Uh, the next review comes to us from Mario Cap, who BLG, you and I both know very well from the SB Nation NFL show, where you can hear both BLG and I also subscribe to that show, leave a rating, write a review. Uh, you can hear us all throughout the week. RJ, I agree with BLG. I believe Dallas will win the Super Bowl. I feel good for Dak. <laughs> he is a great QB, and I am glad to see him have success. I hope you wrap up the first seed before week 18 so the Eagles can play your backups. Mario Cap is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. How do you feel about this BLG that fellow Eagles fans are agreeing with what you said last week and that the Dallas Cowboys will win the Super Bowl? Well, I will say Mario Cap is a great reviewer because mm -hmm. he and he also provides an example for people. Like if you left a review a long time ago, let's say, and you want to leave another one, you can do that. You can update mm -hmm. your review. You just leave a new review to go to the top of the feed. So definitely do that too. If you've already left one, you want to say something new and that we can read on the show, uh, definitely do that. Um, to totally deflect from your question there and now get back into it. Um, I think my strategy of saying the Cowboys are going to win a we'll Super Bowl is, is working out just fine <laughs> for me so far. We will get to this. I have one last thing to read to you, BLG. This I did not share with you. Uh, full disclosure to everyone, I did share the, the reviews to BLG, so nothing he said there is authentic. He rehearsed at all. Uh, this BLG came to us from Twitter, twitter.com. BLG is on Twitter, Brandon Gowden. I am there at RJ Ochoa. Um, I had had a tweet, you know how this happens sometimes, BLG, and the replies just kind of take off. And there's there's a whole you know conversation happening. Sometimes it lasts several days, people bickering or arguing over one thing or another. Um, and and, you know, talked about some officiating things, crowd stuff, whatever. Um, and an Eagles fan seemingly came in and was, you know, trying to be part of the party, the pizza potato party. Uh, mm. And Austin, who is on Twitter at Hoppin, that's H-O-P-P-I-N underscore, says an Eagles fan on an Ochoa tweet. Yeah, you came to troll, LMAO. Well, the author of the trolling, which was not you, uh, is a person by the display name of Hubs, but the Twitter handle of at underscore Hubs, that's H-U-B-B-Z, replied and said this, Brandon, nah, NFC East mixtape is legit. Little too <laughs> on the nose to be a Cowboys fan denying reality, though. LOL. Nice. Love the organic discourse, RJ. Love, love the community here that we have. Uh, listeners, it's all... It's all family. 
uh, we want to be have you be part of the conversation and the community. So we appreciate that. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the NFC East as we do every single week. We go in the order of divisional standings, which means like we have for most of the season, Brandon. Uh, we start with the Dallas Cowboys, who were lambasted, embarrassed, humiliated <laughs> by the Denver Broncos after the BLG curse was placed upon them. Um to give you a, a perspective, and BLG does a great job of, of scouring the other SB Nation communities, so I'm sure you've seen some Cowboys fans kind of, I don't know, maybe lying to themselves or trying to cope with this. Uh, the general take, BLG, of Cowboys fans is this was a needed loss, you know, and that's that's the hope, right? And, and this, this hope is only validated if the Cowboys come out and play well against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. If they do, then you say, okay, you know what? That Broncos game, that was just the, the, the cold cold water on the face you needed. Cowboys maybe get a little bit too big for their britches. They beat the Vikings on the road without Dak Prescott. We came in, we crowned them. BLG said they were going to win the Super Bowl, et cetera, et cetera. Dak Prescott looked very bad. Uh, everybody looked very bad. The only player, only players really who played well were Micah Parsons. Uh, ironically, given that this was against the Denver Broncos, who are responsible for Micah Parsons being a Cowboy, having drafted Patrick Sertan and Osa Adigizua, the Cowboys' third round draft pick this year, one of their third rounders. Uh, he played fantastically as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's no lipstick to put on this pig. Uh, this, this was a tough pill to swallow. It was just kind of, you've seen these games, you, you've, you've covered them, you know, where you just kind of know. About halfway in, you know, we just gotta we just gotta grin it and bear it until this thing is over. I think it's so rich that the team you just like have crushed maybe more than any other team on the SB Nation oh. NFL show this year. Like especially a, take, a team go ahead. A, a team that's not like, you know, like the Jags or you know, a team that has actually like done a little bit of something and you're like, Nope, they're frauds. This team sucks. They've no you know, there's there's no merits here. Uh, and then the Cowboys just get crushed by that team. Like that is that is very rich. You know how we were talking about like the Brandon Staley thing like yeah. last week, and now that you'll, you'll like this is like it's like your version of that. My personal, um, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so so, but BLG's talking about on the aforementioned SB Nation NFL show. I have been very critical of the Denver Broncos this year. I've called them frauds. I. And this is what's upsetting about the loss. I maintain that they're frauds. And you sure. know how fraudulent they are, BLG, is that Tim Patrick, who had a nice game and who beat Trayvon Diggs, you know, I'm I'm a firm believer, BLG, and when you win, you have every right in the world to talk crap. Do it. I mean, rub rub it in the, the team who you beat. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, make them feel bad about it. Make them ache over the fact that they lost you. I'm totally down for that. But don't don't be unreasonable. And so Tim Patrick comes out after the game, BLG, and says, the Cowboys going for it early on fourth down was disrespectful to us. Like what? And and then Vic Fonja, that this is I, I tweeted this out. This is the kind of game that Broncos fans are gonna hold on to next year. When when it's still when it's going bad, they're gonna say, Well, remember, remember we just need to play like that. Like when, when we beat the Cowboys last year. This is a, a game that I, f I actually feel badly for Broncos fans is going to allow the culture of the way they play football to continue to thrive and fester because Vic Fangio is is telling himself, see, dude, this whole conservative nature you got going on, it works. All that fancy analytic stuff and going for it on fourth down, that's for the losers and the actual frauds. I'm the real winner. The Cowboys are losers because their smart ways of playing football didn't work and they should be embarrassed by that. But I still maintain that the Broncos have an improper way of doing this. And because the Cowboys were wearing the red stripe, which uh, wow, I'm, a cool. I'm so devastated that people are going to say it's cursed. Ugh. 
I mean, it's like a cool idea, and it's like a cool like a theory thing. But I don't think it looks as good as uh, you think it does. And yeah, it's you. what like the it's the last two games before this one. Uh, they wore this, they lost, and also like obviously they haven't beaten the Broncos since nineteen ninety five, which is really crazy. I know it's an AFC team and they don't play as much, but still, like it's the Broncos. They haven't been like you know this amazing team throughout all this time, so that's kind of funny. A uh, weird little thing there. Um, I guess, like, if you're a Cowboys fan, you can kind of really cling on to that. Like, this is just one game. It doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot in the bigger picture because, you know, you look at the Bills losing to the Jags and all the other upsets this weekend and be like, you know, sometimes weird stuff happens uh, and you kind of can't really explain it. It might not necessarily be a trend. But even if that is the case, like, it's still a really bad loss because this game at the end of the year could be the difference between the Cowboys getting the one seed or not, which is again, very meaningful. So uh, you can't just say, you know, it doesn't matter at all. Even if the Cowboys bounce back and everything is fine from here, like it's a a big loss. Um, But uh, I don't know. It's weird because I was, I, you know, I was not able to fully watch this game because I was, uh, you know, I was in the press box ahead of the Eagles game and I slacked you during the game. And I was like, so what's the deal here? It's like, is Dak not looking healthy? Like, and you said, no, that wasn't it. You just said he's been bad. Yeah. And, and, and on blogging the boys, I believe you said like, it might be his worst game ever. Yeah. Um, it's up there. In fact, the, the only two times he has played Denver have been really bad. And there was that stretch in 2017, which included the the game we've talked about a lot, the the home loss to the Eagles. Um, you, you of course, remember the game in Atlanta, the Jazz Green game. The Cowboys mm-hmm. played the Chargers on Thanksgiving that year. I mean, just that that run. Um, they failed to break double digits three games in a row. That was the first time in Dallas Cowboys franchise history. They went three straight games, all scoring in the single digits. And this was that, man. And like that was the, I guess, the like unnerving thing about this is you kind of thought, you kept thinking, okay, this is it. This is, they're going to snap together right now. This is where it clicks and whatever. And so the fact that that just didn't happen, you know, something I've talked a lot about in the aftermath of it, you know, at at BTB properties has been the, the, the emotional Cowboys fan, which is every Cowboys fan that has been hurt before this, it, you can't help but wonder, is this the the first pull of the thread? You know, like, like, you know, your favorite shirt or hoodie or whatever, and you have that first loose thread or that hole and you're like, oh, no. You know what I mean? And then you're like, what, what do I do here? Like, I, we're starting to see the beginning of the end. And so you can't help. Now you're now you're talking yourself into like, well, they barely beat Minnesota. Yeah, like Jack wasn't there. But, you know, and, and they barely beat New England, you know, right before the bye, you know, had to go to overtime. Like, are, are we starting to see signs of something bigger, signs of something worse? Um, I, I tend to agree with you, though, or, or what you think Cowboys fans think uh, in that this is maybe not a one off, but certainly an, a, a clear aberration. I did want to ask you. So we record this on Tuesdays and, and we both write power ranking at our sites, um, which includes uh, how people around the media view the Cowboys and the Eagles. And the blurb from Yahoo Sports from their power rankings, BLG, that I grabbed, um, they said that of all the contending losses this past weekend, you mentioned Buffalo, obviously the Rams lost to the Titans. Yahoo said that they felt that Dallas's was the, the biggest fluke or, or the flukiest, rather. The, the, I guess the most forgiving, uh, maybe. I, I'm cur- I was just curious for your thoughts on that because I didn't know how to think about it myself. Hmm. I would say, though, like, it's not like the Cowboys lost on, like, some kind of weird, you know, special teams plays or stuff. Well, I mean, there was a punt in there, but, like, that's not the only reason they lost. Like, that wasn't, like, the sole, defi- like, the, the deciding factor in the game. Like, they got their butts handed to them. Like, they got they got beaten down. Like, that's... What, I know what, loss, would, team. what loss would you have rather taken on? Like, the Cowboys loss or the Bills loss? Uh, what You cut out there? What did you say? What what loss would you have rather taken on? The Cowboys lost? Like, who would you rather be today? The Cowboys or the Bills? Like, what what pieces would you be rather trying to pick up? 
You know, I mean, you could just say the, the, the you know, the, because of the quality opponent, it's so bad. But, you know, what? They only lost by, was it three, ultimately, to the Jags? Like, you know, <laughs> it's a close game. Like, close games happen, weird things happen. Obviously, the, like, neither of them are great. Obviously, you're, you're picking, um, you know, the best of the worst here. Um, my question for you, though, is, like, what is your biggest concern moving forward out of this game, if anything? It's that, you know, what we thought, Uh, was their Achilles heel really is, right? And I think, you know, this defense has been super opportunistic up through the bye, right? Trayvon Diggs had all the interceptions through the bye. It's something you and I have talked about has been how opportunistic they are, you know, and even the the Trayvon Diggs pick six against New England really felt like we got to have it, you know (laughs) know what I mean? Like, we, we, you know, we're going to hit on 20 and we got to have that ace and they found it. Um, And so last or two weeks ago now against Minnesota, that was just kind of, you know, called the Kirk Cousinsness of it all, but that was just kind of, well, the defense stepped up and the offense just did enough. And so, but they didn't get any turnovers and they won. And that was a really amazing thing. And, and credit to Cooper Rush and Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy and everything and like that. And so this is, this is, I think, a terrifying hypothetical to consider. What if you're not getting turnovers? What if you're not getting those big time tackles for loss, those, those negative plays? Now you're back not totally, but you're back in a place where your offense has to be elite to to have a chance in those games. And obviously, if your offense is absent, like it was against Denver, you definitely don't have a chance. But, you know, the pressure was on the offense. And so I don't think there's a blueprint. I hate that conversation. Um, but that's that's the fear is that this this defense is now regressing to the mean, which made sense. You know, they were never just going to, you know, have all these amazing things continue to happen week by week by week by week. But um, but that's the fear, I think, is that they're they're stabilizing to just becoming average. And we've said many times, Cowboys fans have, if this defense defense is average they could be really good but that that offense has to be there for that overall picture to work yeah i mean like there's no perfect roster in the nfl there's no perfect team you know without weaknesses everyone is going to have their own issues and uh in a league with so much parity you know there's going to be games that just aren't your week and i think that's like a good chunk of what the cowboys here like what happened here um like i'm not ready to move off the super bowl thing which first of all because it's working to my favor right now. Second of all, because but in the serious, like serious kind of part of it, like I don't, I don't think this loss means they can't win the Super Bowl now. Like, I think that's too, that's too much to say. I think it again hurts their chances of doing that just because of the one seed, but it's not uh, disqualifying to me. They did benefit, obviously, from the fact that the Packers lost. Um, the Rams losing is helpful. You certainly want to see them continue to lose, but um, considering the Rams might be playing for the wild card at this point now with Arizona distancing themselves, it's it's not as helpful as a Packers loss, but still nice to see nonetheless. Cowboys have two losses, just like Green Bay, just like Tampa Bay, so we'll see how the rest of the season continues to unfold. I start our Eagles chat with this, BLG. I believe the Broncos are such big frauds, they are going to get blasted by the Eagles this week. I'm saying it right now, taking the Eagles to win handily. I don't know what our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook have as the opening line here. I know you know off the top of your head, but I will take the Eagles, whatever it is. I don't care, sight unseen, because the Broncos are frauds, and they are going to feel themselves all week long, and they're going to run into an Eagles team that almost gave us the narrative that we were looking for by beating the Los Angeles Chargers. Devontae Smith, congratulations on having as many touchdowns this season as Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, so I think Devontae Smith would be having an amazing year. RJ, like I said on the oddcast, if he had a quarterback who would throw the ball to him and if the Eagles actually ran a normal passing offense, which they're not doing anymore because the quarterback is limited. And I know uh, like people want to say Jalen Hurts had this great game. 
against the Chargers. And I will not disagree that he came up big in some really big spots. He had two touchdown drives, the final Eagles final two scoring drives before they got the ball back when the game was basically over with like two seconds left to play. Um, and Hertz came up really big on those. He made some good throws to Devontae. He scrambled on uh, third downs to get uh, really big conversions when the Chargers, like the Chargers didn't have an answer for that. So like his mobility absolutely has really big value, but Jalen Hurts himself, RJ, after the game in his press conference, talked about how like it's the two misplays that really stuck out. And that's something I said earlier this year. It was actually during the Panthers game that like the way Jalen Hurts struggles isn't like the way, let's just say, a quarterback who's much worse than him. But just just to give this example, like Nathan Peterman, who's like throwing like a ton of picks and it's like, oh, oh this guy like stinks. Jalen Hurts doesn't struggle like that, but it doesn't mean he doesn't have struggles in that like, okay, he's good at avoiding like the really bad turnovers or whatever, but he leaves plays on the field. And that's a big issue because when you have Dallas Goddard wide open for at least a field goal, maybe a touchdown and you miss him. And then later in the game, when you have Devonte Smith wide open in the end zone and you're like backpedaling for like no good reason at all. Cause there was no pressure on him. He thought there was going to be a blitz which is why he started to drift. But like you missed that throw and that's at least seven points left on the board, maybe 11. And then you lose by three points in the end. Like those are really big missed opportunities like that. You can't just be like, Oh, you know, it's a one player or two plays like th- that. Doesn't, that's, the, the margin for winning and losing in the NFL is razor thin. You have to have those plays. And, and again, these are not like, insane throws that you're asking the quarterback to make like these are makeable throws um so i think it's kind of tough from that perspective um looking at the line here from our good friends at DraftKings sportsbook rj which as you know uh, if you listen to the sb nation nfl show you know there's a promo code sbn nfl for a special offer um the eagles are three-point underdogs on the road in denver um, I don't know about blowing the, the the Broncos out. I think the Eagles might be able to win, but I think that's a little bit much to say. They're, they're, winning, gonna... they're winning by double digits. That's my contention. Why? Why? Why do you because, feel good about the Eagles? Because I the Broncos are are that big of frauds. Like that's that's the genesis of my take. To be very clear here, but um, I I, I don't like I I still maintain I've maintained since day one of this season, uh, since the origins of the NFC's mixtape, twenty nine volumes ago, BLG that the Eagles are the second best team in the division. Um, well, I, I have not actually, much. I, I know, <laughs> <laughs> but but still, I think they're better than, and I've I've long thought they're better than Washington and New York, um, which really puts in perspective how much I've not thought of Washington, which again goes back mm. to the very beginning here, um, and so whatever. But um, I I think. I mean, they're just they're they're less like they're such a an average team. Like that's their their ceiling is like the thirteenth best team in the NFL. You know what I mean? And and but their floor is like the twenty second best team in the NFL. You know, like they never like bottom out. I, I mean, I don't I, I don't think I know like the loss to Dallas was bad, but I mean like they were in this game and they were in this game against a team that you know you believe in um, a lot. And, and I'm a little worried about the Chargers. This isn't the AFC, this isn't the AFC West mixtape, but the fact that they couldn't beat this team with authority is a little bit troubling. But you know that is what it is. Um, I mean, I think that there's a, a massive gap between the Chargers and the Broncos, and so like this is admittedly like thirty thousand foot you know level analysis. But the fact that the Eagles could go toe to toe with the Chargers, I think they're going to wipe the floor with the Broncos. Hmm. I don't know. So basically, again, kind of what I was touching on there with Hertz, who I feel like I have to qualify this every time I talk about him. I do not like hate Jalen Hertz. I just don't think. I think the ceiling mm, is true. I think that that's not true. Here, I think the Eagles are telling you that though. If the Eagles are telling you we have to be a run-heavy offense, 
right. after knowing what you know about the Eagles, which is like they really don't want to be that. They're not like this old school organization. Like they want to be on the forefront of analytics and everything. I think Jeffrey Lurie has literally said before, like he's like, quote, like obsessed with an elite passing offense or like having that. Um, and the Eagles very much don't have that right now. And I think to Nick Sirianni's credit, your boy, RJ, Nick Sirianni, um, I, I think he deserves. Okay. Well, let me first say, no, like, go, think go deserves, on. I think he deserves a lot of credit for adjusting the offense to the run and it's working. And the Eagles are have they're like playing their most offense or efficient offense this year. They're actually number one in EPA per play the last two weeks. Now they played the Lions in there, so that helps. But still, um, continuing that against the Chargers is good. And, you know, they're running the ball on everything, but it's just like, I think everyone has to know this. This isn't going to last. Like, this is not like how you build sustainable championship offense in the NFL. It's like having a quarterback who only throws the ball like 14 times, like he did in Denver, or sorry, Detroit last week, and then 17 times against the Chargers. Like, I just don't think that's really the way you win in the long term. It's the way the Eagles can win in the short term, but the long term goal, I don't, I don't really think that's it. I agree with that. Like, if your offensive philosophy is just to tread water and not allow your quarterback to make a huge mistake, like you're you're only going to beat the really bad teams. And I right. I just happen to think that Denver is a really bad team, so we'll see about that. But um, in that sense, you're right. I think Nick Sirianni deserves some credit. I mean, you know, is he wor- is he the worst head coach in the NFL? No. Is he the goofiest one? Maybe. But I mean, he is. You know, I I think all things considered, doing a really good job contextually like relative to expectation relative to what he's working with relative to what he's not working with i mean yeah i i I mean miles sanders is out you know what i mean like that's that's noteworthy but is it a benefit because jordan howard and boston scott are like doing just fine (laughs) like they're running hard in there and obviously you know miles sanders didn't necessarily have the full benefit of the eagles committing to the run right uh, before which which is a sore point as i understand well, I mean, uh, apparently uh, he was fired up last week when the Eagles, I mean, Nick Sirianni said he he texted, uh, Miles Sanders texted him, quote, hell yeah, coach, or whatever, <laughs> uh, seeing the run. Uh, but I want to flip it over to the defense, RJ, because this is, I don't know if you saw this stat. Uh, this comes from Tim McManus of ESPN. It's just an insane stat. Justin Herbert is the fifth quarterback to complete 80 plus percent of passes against the Eagles this season. Between 1950 to 2020, 70 years, the Eagles allowed just six quarterbacks to complete 80-plus percent of their throws. So 70 years, six quarterbacks. One season, nine games, five quarterbacks. That's, that's so insane. Um, does, does it make you feel better uh, that you haven't? So, like, if that is tied, what does that say? Like, I mean, it already said, it's, we're already at that point. Um, it's gonna that, happen. That's tough, dude. That's that's tough. Cookies. This are we at? Like maybe you, you've been maybe you've been at this point, but like not along those lines. But along those lines, are, like is the Darius Slay trade a failure? Like is it already like are we ready to like fully commit to this you know decision or is the jury still out? You know because like the, I, that's I feel like the Eagles defense is just a mess of figuring it out constant. Like I like I don't even know who to fear there anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just it's it it just is what it is. Oh, I think that's a really illuminating uh, comment by you because I think, um, you know, it should be Fletcher Cox, right? Who I think you had underrated, whatever, in our thing. And I said he was the most, or, or at least he should be more closer to most overrated. And he, he Fletcher Cox, dude, I think he has like two sacks in his last 12 games. Or, yeah, like, but he had an Instagram post saying Philly forever. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you judge really who the hero is here. That is such a disaster for the Eagles to like not 
so sometimes, again, kind of like what I just said about Jalen Hurts, it's about like the plays you don't make. It's about the decisions you don't make. Like, like it's not as egregious because like Fletcher Cox is here and people like Fletcher Cox, but the Eagles like restructuring his contract this offseason for really like no good reason and making it so that they couldn't move on from him this season, like at the trade deadline, realistically, like that's a big mistake because it looks like he's he's not getting any better. He's only declining. And now they're probably gonna move on from him in the offseason because they were trying to move him at the deadline. But again, it's the money wasn't really gonna work out, especially for what the Eagles wanted to get in return for him. And that's a bigger issue. Uh just the Eagles like overvaluing their own players. And um the defensive line had a really bad game against the Chargers. Uh RJ, they, zero sacks, zero quarterback hits, zero tackles for loss. Like this is a defensive line where a lot of resources have been poured into it. And there's a lot of uh, ire for Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator, and understandably so, after I just read you that historical context stat of quarterbacks completing 80-plus percent of their passes against the Eagles. But, like, it's not all him. I mean, the defense doesn't have talent. Like, you just said it. Like, who are you really scared of on this defense? Who's going to really step up and make a play? Like, Javon Hargrave is having, like, this all-pro, not just Pro Bowl, all pro kind of season first few weeks. I don't think he's had a sack the last like three or four games. He's been dealing with the shoulder injury. So maybe that's kind of hampering him, but like, okay. And, and now Darius Slay is banged up. I don't, I don't think the Slay trade was great. I don't think it's the only reason the Eagles defense is bad. Um, he's been playing better this year. I think part of that though, is the scheme, which plays way far off and doesn't allow big plays. Um, I just think part of the issue too, is like poor drafting. When was the mm-hmm. RJ, you know, the Eagles, when was the last time? Like who was the best player they've drafted on defense? Like in whatever mm. amount of time, like Fletcher Cox, and then, and then who? Like, um, are you like shaking your boots at Josh Sweat? I think Josh Sweat's like a nice pick in the fourth round, but like you're not like terrified I, of him. I really am asking. I, I, you know, so this isn't a troll. Was Derek Barnett not the person who caused the Tom Brady fumble at the end of Super Bowl Fifty Two? Uh, Brandon Graham is the one who uh, like stripped I'm sorry, him. But, Derek but Barnett Derek had a moment, did he not? Derek Barnett well, had a moment. He picked in it up, but like, like. It bounced into his hands. Like this isn't like it's not like okay. no one could have made this play. <laughs> so again, like my point is like, and I'm I'm admittedly reaching here to answer your question, but like that's the answer, right? You know, um, I mean, that and that's Derek it. Barnett, by the way, had a huge penalty in this game when I believe that it was like early in the fourth quarter or so when the the Eagles had a one point lead on the Chargers and it was a third and six and it's like you know kind of into a range where uh, the Chargers have to make the decision like if the Eagles get a stop here like they either have to do a, a, like a short punt or you know like a long field goal or, or you go for it like it's in that kind of no man's land and Derek Barnett really dumb penalty like he's had a bunch this year including one against the Cowboys in the Cowboys game where Nick Sirianni was caught saying like it's always him Derek Barnett your first round pick from 2017, uh, just a really devastating penalty that turned third and six into third and one. And then the, the Chargers just snuck it with Herbert and then they ended up scoring a touchdown. So, yeah. So the guy you pointed to is like not a not a positive value player. It, it will be interesting. This will be our first draft that, where the mixtape exists. But like and so it'll be interesting to kind of talk about this in that sense. But like it, it's like. I'm not saying there's a, a foolproof NFL draft strategy because there's not, but sometimes it's like just take the guy, take the baller. You know what I mean? Take take Micah Parsons, take the guy who's who falls to you. Don't try to get cute because somebody who I was scared of for like the thought of at least was their second round draft pick that year in Sidney Jones when it was like, oh, they're trying to like go the Jalen Smith route here, pull this off, et cetera. It's like when you're trying to get cute, when you're trying to like really pull off something heroic, like that generally doesn't work out for you. You know what I mean? Like especially with high priced assets, like like a second round pick. You mean like taking like Jalen Rager, for example, over Justin so, Jefferson? Well, so you brought up uh, a stat. I want to bring up one that actually was connected to speaking of your Twitter account. Uh, my man, BLG, tweeted this week 
Jalen Rager is at 7.6 yards per reception this season. That is 144th out of 159 qualified players, dead last out of all qualified wide receivers. Now, not to take credit away from you, BLG, but the best tweet here was a response to your tweet. All credit to the Phantom Stoll booth. Uh, whose actual handle is very difficult uh, to say. It's like, Zoidberg. yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, but anyway, the response says this. Um, <laughs> here's my favorite Rager stat, and I repeat it often, but at my age, that's what you do. In his first game, in the first quarter, he caught a 55-yard pass. He has never topped that total in any game since. He has gone nine straight games without a reception of 25 yards, at least 25 yards. Like, this is a first-round pick we're talking about. And people want to be like, oh, legals aren't using him right because they're like, what are, you, what are we talking about? Like, maybe they're not sending him deep or whatever because he can't get open because he's definitely demonstrated that he can't get open. Like, I, I you know, I, you have to look at what I just said about Devontae Smith earlier and, like, give Jalen Rager some grace in that the quarterback, you know, it's not like you have the best, you know, high volume passing quarterback nah, right now on the y- team you know like, enough about jalen rager at this point yeah you could be doing more than this like look at Devontae smith and john Solis, you know our good friend right wrote a perfect uh he wrote a post about that which illustrates that example like you can't just be like well the wide receivers have no chance at all and it's only the quarterback being you know limited it's their fault no like like i i do believe you know again hurts is limiting like some of the wide receiver production absolutely and so is having to go to a run heavy offense but again like for jalen rager to be this non-impactful like that's devastating like like it's not just like oh that's a mistake that the front office made but you kind of like whatever it's just one decision no that's like crippling taking jalen rager instead of justin Jefferson is like a it's a crippling decision like to go you know through that game and i know the offense was fine it wasn't like they lost it wasn't like the eagles lost to the chargers because of jalen rager but like to get just look at the eagles last couple first round picks rj and can like contrast it to like getting having cd lamb on your team or like what the cowboys have done with their first round picks like the eagles are drafting 2016 carson wentz not on the team anymore they got a first round pick from the colts room okay 2017 Derek barnett not going to be here after this year in addition to all the dumb penalties i think he has like one sack in his last 13 games or 14 games or so or like two like great no impact 2018 they didn't have a first round pick they traded back to get dallas goddard we're not going to talk about that we're not going to include that in this uh 2019 andre dillard he's a backup left tackle right now on the team well, first round and, pick. and and they got all sorts of you know pomp and circumstance that night for like fleecing the texans yeah. and whatever uh would you rather have ty Bowser right now than andre dillard um i don't know but the, the fact that it's even a question, though, is the, yeah. the, the depressing thing. Um, and then 2020, you mentioned it, obviously. Um, my yeah, question, right. yeah. speak, speaking of pomp and circumstance, I was going to say bouquets of flowers. What was up with the bouquet of flowers that was literally thrown at Nick Sirianni at the end of this game? <laughs> <laughs> so Stats asked me about this, too. Um, I'm laughing because, like, you just asked me about it as well. I mean, it's not like a laughing matter in a sense. Like, don't, like, can we just not do that, like, fans? Like, it's just, it's, it's dumb. It's not really funny uh it might be funny like you're holding it in the stands like you're like kind of like you know taunting it whatever like you, you can do that but like you can't throw stuff at people yeah it's don't throw basic. anything just, just don't do it like it's like i hate that we like how do i have to say this like it's just like you just don't do it it's like don't throw something at, it could hurt someone like and honestly like the thing i said the stats is like sirianni didn't even have a bad game he had like one of his better games this season especially maybe his best performance in the loss all season long like don't throw stuff at him like that doesn't need to happen 
Um, I do want to bring up BLG because I was wrong about something um, that I in no way ever anticipated being wrong about. I'm looking for the tweet. Maybe you can find it uh, while I stall. But somebody sent you and I a tweet of Nick mm. Sirianni um, with his very specifically placed, very purposefully placed highlighter on his visor while he yeah. was not with the, the Philadelphia Eagles. It was, yeah. So even before his days with the Colts. Um, so I don't know if you found the tweet by now. I know you've been hunting it down. I I think I owe Nick Sirianni an apology because I was saying wow. he, he was doing this to, you know, like Ryle, because, you know, and actually I'm going to blame you because you were the one that was like, he's wearing all these t-shirts. He's trying to endear himself to the fans that fed my theory. You gave birth to it. You are actually Dr. Frankenstein. I am simply the result of what you created here. Uh, Nick Sirianni, I apologize. I'm, I'm, a, I'm mad enough to admit when I'm wrong. You know, I, I was wrong here. I thought it was a, a thing he, he brought up, you know, he's, he's been this way for a long time. What can you say? I'm surprised you didn't double down and be like, this is in his, you know, plan the whole time. Oh, was, well, little- unlike you, I don't double down on bad takes just to stay <laughs> right. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Um, mm. But okay. Uh, I have something that I think will make you smile, BLG. But before I give it to you, we have to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Atlassian. 
Welcome back. It is the NFC East Mixtape BLG. You left the room uh, during the break. What did you do? Why are you lying to the listeners? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you would think that just once you would you would. I never lie the to the listeners. <laughs> RJ lies to the listeners. Let's just, you know, let that be known right now. Uh, you do lie in caping for this season of Survivor. Just embarrassing. We also got some tweets, BLG, from people <laughs> saying, BLG needs to, needs to fess up. This season sucks. You're dying on this hill all by Who yourself. Who said that? Who said I, that? That I will find. I will look for this tweet. While you, I didn't see that. I believe uh, you saw it. If you're telling me, I don't know, though. Actually, you did lie. Um, I will give you the benefit of the doubt, but it doesn't. And honestly, no one is going to be able to convince me. Like, I'm having fun. Like, I keep saying this. And last week's episode was I was about to have, like, a heart attack during Tribal Council. No spoilers. Not going to spoil it for in case anyone's behind or whatever. But it was really exciting. And none of this is the point. Because what was the gift that you had to give me anyway? The gift? What are you talking about? Yeah, you said you were going to give me a gift before we went to break. I'm getting there. Or a surprise. I'll get to that in a moment. But before I do, BLG, I have found the tweet. This comes to us from Steve, who is on Twitter at Chyla Ombre. Did not mention you, but I did tag you in a reply, uh, and you ignored it. So this is really embarrassing for you as a whole. Uh, But the tweet reads verbatim, at RG Ochoa, listening to the NFC's mixtape in parentheses, BLG. Great show. but. I have to let you know, I 100% agree. This season of Survivor is, Steve's word choice, not mine, horrific. My wife and I watched the first 35 to 40 minutes of episode one and couldn't even keep going. Hashtag make Survivor great again. BLG, it's embarrassing that you're dying on this hill, dude. You don't have to. You can just you can still like the show and admit that this season sucks. I'm not saying other people have to enjoy it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying mm-hmm. I enjoy it. I'm not like preaching the gospel. Then your your ability to analyze Survivor is questionable in my mind. If you really are enjoying it, it's, uh, not, about no- anal- it's not just about analyzing. It's about like watching it. It's, it's it's entertainment. It's not like not everything has to be like anal- it's So for me, like what we do, RJ, with football and everything, that is like analyzing everything. That's not just entertainment. For a lot of people, it's just entertainment. So when it comes to Survivor, for me, you know, I listen to the podcast and stuff. Like shout out to Rob Sesternino. Rob has a podcast, uh, and I have fun with that. But it's more for fun to me. It's not supposed to be like it's not supposed to stress mm-hmm. me out. I don't. I have enough stressful things going on. I don't need. I don't need mm-hmm. more like conflict and like negativity, especially when the Eagles are bad. RJ, I don't want like something I have to like criticize. I just want to turn my brain off and just watch it and enjoy it, and I'm having fun. And that's a lot. I like a lot. Along those lines, before I give you your gift, um, I mentioned on the look ahead last week with Rob Stats Guerrero that I had already started listening to Christmas music. And I think you'll agree with this. When your team is good, this is the best time of year. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everything feels good. And granted, this is a tough week to have this take on the Cowboys, but like <laughs> that's the thing. Like, I just I just want to enjoy the goodness. You know what I mean? So, like, that's where the Christmas music take comes from for me. I'm not gonna even allow you to respond. My gift for you, BLG, as we segue to the New York football giants who got a win this past week over the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Obviously a tough week for Vegas. Um, This BLG is a post on the New York Giants subreddit. The title of the post is Delusional Giants Fan Post. Can we actually make the playoffs? Um, I I will give you the Spark Notes version here. Uh, It says, so while this season has been very frustrating for many ends, the delusional fan in me is looking at what we have going for us. First, our defense is getting and shutting down teams. Two, after the bye, we should be a lot more helpfully or a lot more healthy. Excuse me. Uh, three, when looking at the remaining strength of schedule for all of the other three and six teams, the Giants have the second easiest strength of schedule with the Eagles being the first. But even then, we control those. If we win those, 
than we are in. With that said of mine, or with that said, a friend of mine said I sound like a Mets fan. He said it's more likely that we beat Tampa Bay and go on to lose to the Eagles. But being delusional, I could see us going six and two or five and three and possibly making it in the playoffs. Um, no, <laughs> probably not. But I mean, possible from a standpoint of uh, mathematics. That, well, this seven seed in the NFC is probably going to suck. Like no matter like who it is, like, it's not going to be a great team. Like the Falcons are currently in the seventh spot at four and four Falcons team that got blown out by the Eagles. And again, their wins have only been over like uh, Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones and uh, Tua. And then, uh, but, but every team in that mix, like every team with four or three or four wins, we'll, we'll put it uh, Atlanta's at four and four Carolina's at four and five Minnesota, Seattle, San Francisco mm-hmm. are all three and five Philadelphia and New York are three and six. I would venture to say that of all of the teams that I just named, the New York Giants are the worst. I mean, maybe um, some of those teams are not like you know amazingly better. It's kind of like a big mix of you know middle. Um, it's not impossible that they could emerge from that in group. I don't again. I don't think it's likely, um, especially the Seahawks in there. They seem like a pretty decent bet to bounce back, assuming Russ is healthy and things click for them. Um, yeah, I mean. I don't really know that this Giants win means a whole lot. I think people want it to mean a lot because he's like, oh, we lost to the Chiefs. So we kept it close. And so now we beat the Raiders. I like I have a really like we said last time, like previewing this game, or at least I said, I have a really hard time like analyzing this because right. you know, I saw how kind of um shaken up or distracted, whatever you want to call it, Devontae Smith was. And obviously he produced on the field. He was actually PFF's number one wide receiver in week nine and had a good game on the field. Uh, against the Chargers, but like you could tell, like personally, he was very impacted by that because um, that was a guy who was like a brother to him. Um, so kind of like seeing that in person, just like you know, shaken kind of off the field and everything. I can only imagine how the Raiders as a team, you know, kind of felt with that. Uh, and then obviously there was the Damon Arnett stuff too. Not comparing that, but just like there's like right. just a lot of like moving parts kind of going on with the Raiders and not every. And then you know, obviously it's still like the aftermath of the head coach being gone in the middle seat. Like there's a lot going on with the Raiders. So like, I don't know fully like how to analyze and what this means. And, and look, Giants only scored 16 points in this game, RJ. Like they got a defensive touchdown. They won by a touchdown. Like <laughs> I don't think this means the Giants are about to go on a run when they're still like, you know, have a lot of offensive issues. Well, it's kind of funny. Um, is their offense better without Saquon? Maybe get De- Devontae Booker, number one, RB1? I, I mean, I don't know. Um, like, like there were a lot of Broncos people like, is this team better without Von Miller? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just their offense is is stupid. You know, like that's the only word I can think of. Um, I saw this tweet uh, flying around. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt, who covers the Giants uh, for New Jersey Advanced Media, tweeted this out. BLG: The Giants are the only team in the NFL that hasn't scored thirty offensive points in the game since the start of the 2020 season. Woof. That is pretty terrible. Literally the entire tenure of Jason Garrett as being their offensive coordinator. Yeah. So hard to draw a lot of meaning. I think out of this, it's like if, Hey, if the giants offense came alive in this game and they like, you know, but when, uh, when was, when was the last time it came alive? Like, well, like, no, on, yeah. you, but you asked the question, like, what, who was the last like Eagles defensive draft pick? I was scared of like, when was the last time you were like, Holy crap. Like, we got it like Odell, like Pete Odell, maybe. I guess, yeah. 
I mean, and by the way, uh, he should, we should be given the time we're recording, finding out momentarily BLGS in live wow. time here, uh, who claimed him. So we'll certainly, uh, you know, toss that in here when it comes out. But I don't think it's going to be an NFC East team. I don't either, but he's a former NFC East player. You know what I mean? And, and I mean, and, and that goes back. I was going to mention that on the Jalen Rager thing. Like, if Odell could produce with Eli, like, if Terry McLaurin can produce with what he has, like, Jalen Rager, like, spare me the, like, you know, quarter. I know you're, that's not your your thing, but people cannot accept this is like a general take. Like, people cannot accept players are bad. People can accept coaches are bad. People can been on this train for a while. Players yeah. are bad. I just need to say it again. Like, it's just amazing to me. It's just like the coach is always to blame. The player's never to blame. The player's great. Um, it's just, it's wild to me. Um, so do, did like you're right i mean you mentioned about the game but like were our opinions moved or pushed or you know in any direction when it comes to the giants do we think they're even one percent better than we thought they were at this time last week i mean i think you know like what what happened and has been happening with the raiders is, is tragic and, and there's a lot of non-football stuff there but i do think you have to give the giants credit for for, for executing i mean at sure. the very least i mean the, like the bare minimum they did and then we talked about, too, how it was a tough spot for them just with the rest disadvantage, the, the Raiders coming off the bye, Giants coming off Monday Night Football. So, yeah, I'm not trying to – like, this is a good win for them. Like, no no bones about it. But I just don't know what it means. You know, I don't think it's super meaningful moving forward. Like, Daniel Jones, 15-20 for 110 yards. Okay? Like, this is your formula. You're just going to run the ball. Uh, you're going to have Devontae Booker carry the offense. He had 21 for 100 or 99, almost 100. Um, like, I don't know, man. Uh, I think this is like a one-off kind of game, a uh, quality win for them, a fine win, but like they get like, what do are they going to do here? That, though, because like you don't have to move a lot of goalposts to say they should have won in Kansas city. You know what I mean? So like, again, like th- they are what they are, but like they could, I would say easily, but they could easily be four and five. You know, like, I mean, are they maybe like a hair better than maybe. we're willing to say? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're like, you know, they're not the, the Texans. They're not, the lions like they they can win some games more than very few uh looking at their next like their schedule here they have a bye um uh, and then they're week. back on monday night football baby yeah which is again why why do we keep doing this <laughs> I, weird like double primetime game thing in the span of multiple weeks i don't um, know it, it, the nfl does this and this is happening again this week and and like you can almost set your watch by it Sunday night football for a team, and then they immediately play on Monday night football the week after. That happens all the time. It's happening with the Rams this week. I saw uh, today, I think um, Mike Clay from ESPN tweeted out the end of Washington's schedule this year, which we've already talked oh, about a lot. Man. But just seeing it again looks so stupid. Cowboys, <laughs> Eagles, or Cowboys, or, you know, sorry, it was what? It's Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys? Or something? Yeah. I, no, no I, I think you it's, have it flipped. Yeah, it's uh, I have it right Cow- here. It's, it's Cowboys, uh, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. No. To be, to be clear, though, it's Dallas at Philly at Dallas, Philly. So home okay. against Cowboys and then two both roads and then home against the Eagles. It just looks like a mistake when you look at it. You're like, wait, is this like, what's wrong with the graphic here? Is this like an error? Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so the Giants return from their bye to play the reigning Super Bowl champions in Tampa. Um, so, like, you know, are they about to go on some kind of winning streak here? I, I don't think so. Um, we'll obviously talk about them next week with uh, with the bye week, you know, being here. Um, yeah, one of the worst teams, man. Just, like, gross. I mean, um, and speaking of, as I stall and wait for the Odell news, um, but Washington on their bye this past week. I don't have any hope for them. I mean, I don't want to have any hope for them, but uh, but they return to face Tampa themselves. Yep. So, you know, like, dude, I, I don't know. I mean, 
what what like what like I hate this actually like and this is a different thing like to get on my soapbox like the Cowboys played the Vikings when both teams were coming off of their bye either do that for every team where every team gets to play another team yeah. coming off of their bye or don't do it for any team because what's unfair is some teams have advantages coming off their bye. We talked about that, you know, the Giants were on the wrong end of, you know, this with against the Raiders. Raiders coming off their bye, Giants on Monday Night Football. You can't do that. Like you you have to have equality in this sense. And so, you know, like this is stupid that the Tampa, for example, coming off their bye gets to play a Washington team coming off their bye. And then the very next week, they have to play a Giants team coming off their bye. Tampa has to play two teams in a row coming off their bye. Not that they need any like tears for them, but you know, just yeah, just saying. But did, does Washington stand any sort of chance? Uh, no. I mean, what's what's their formula for victory? They're gonna they're gonna the they're ball. gonna sack Tom Brady and, and have a strip sack fumble that they return for a touchdown twice. That's like like that's what it would, you would have to have that like fourteen point swing. Yeah, you know I don't I mean? know like, that the bye necessarily did Washington a ton of wonders as much as it really did for the Bucks. Speaking of the NFC playoff picture as a whole, I mean, you know, for the Bucks to be able to see the Rams lose and the Packers lose and the Cowboys lose, pretty good for them. Uh, obviously, the Cardinals won, so not a perfect kind of thing, but um, but good for them. And now they get to play two NFC East teams, and they are well-primed to sweep the NFC East this year because, as you know, they've already beaten the Cowboys and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, according to our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, are nine-point favorites over the Washington football team. And I know we mentioned the line on Philadelphia, but just for full context, Dallas mm. is also a nine-point favorite against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Um, this is really all the time we should devote to Washington. Two things that have popped up right here, BLG, as we are finishing recording. First of all, nobody claimed Odell Beckham Jr. He is a free agent. Uh, so we will see where he ends up. Lots of reports that he prefers the Green Bay Packers uh, to anybody. The Packers, I believe, are done with NFC East play this year as they already played Washington and the East does not play the North. So uh, any NFC East team that would see him would see him in the playoffs. Also, BLG, relative to the NFC East, just now the Dallas Cowboys added kicker Greg Zerline to the reserve COVID list. Uh, mm. So Cowboys could be without their kicker this coming week against the Falcons. The same kicker who won them their game against the Falcons last year with the watermelon kick and then the game-winning field goal. So maybe uh, actually a good thing, though, because Mike McCarthy has relied on Greg Zerline too much this year. You think so? I don't think so at all. I, I think that, you know, I guess if there's anybody he hasn't relied on, it's been Brian Anger, their punter. But, um, I mean, not a good thing. Well, I know you're not saying well, that. You don't but like- I mean, you don't like Zerline being on the team. I feel like I feel like because you think it's like a you know like a like a, a nepotism thing, bias thing. Well, yeah. he is he has kind of justified his play this year. I mean, I'll say okay. that, but like that that take has not aged well. Um, but still, I mean, you know, you don't want to be down your kicker when when you're like as committed to a kicker as the Cowboys are. You know, if it's if it's like the Washington football team, who by the way today on the day we're recording moved on from Chris Blewett, as if you know that was ever going to work out. It's the worst you know, thing. That, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're in, if you're just like rotating kickers the way some teams do throughout the year, you're fine. But like this is this is a kicker who the Cowboys feel like is among the very best ones in the NFL. So this is a little bit unideal. All right. So that's the big news we have at the end of the show. Unless you have something else up your sleeve. No. No. Uh, it's just you know another week in the NFC East, baby. Um, I mean, who who isn't loving this? I mean, who who isn't you know? And Everyone. I I take I take it back. You know, we could see 
Odell play the NFC East. Uh, there have been some rumors uh, that he would wind up in Seattle. The yeah. Seahawks do visit the football team on Monday Night Football a few weeks from now. So, you know, you well, got that going. Speaking of Seattle, why don't I bring this up to you? Because this is uh, an Eagles thing that popped up last week and kind of got a little, I would say, buried because of Aaron Rodgers and, and a lot and Henry Rodgers and a lot uh-huh. of other things were going on last week. But kind of a big thing to come out was a conversation. I don't know if you caught this. Um, so right after the trade deadline, Adam Sheffer did a podcast with you know his fellow NFL, uh, NFL insider Chris Mortensen uh, for ESPN, and on the Adam Schefter podcast, Schefter like they started out by talking about the Sean Watson that situation and everything, and then they transitioned off of that and were like, "What about the two quarterbacks that might be available also after this year in uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson?" And Schefter didn't even set up Mortensen like who specifically to talk about there or which team or like he didn't preface anything. He just like threw it. At, he just threw it to Mort to go wherever he wanted. And Mort took it to Russell Wilson and the Seahawks specifically. Like he wasn't asked about like, you know, where Russell Wilson could go. And the Eagles were mentioned as one of the teams like I'm preface. I'm, I'm setting all this up because like it just seems to me like that's really interesting when you have like an insider just make that connection without even being prompted specifically to make that. So uh, I thought that was interesting. And I mean, it's not interesting from the standpoint of like we know the Eagles have long liked Russell Wilson. Um, and Russell Wilson's really good, so like it's not like shocking or anything, but like it's out there, seems kind of noteworthy to me. And also, honestly, it's probably just it, like it is the Eagles' best path to getting a really good quarterback, realistically. Um, it is very quickly on because I have some thoughts here, but just I just saw this on the Greg's airline thing that's literally happening as we're recording. Uh, according to Michael Gelka of the Dallas Morning News, the Cowboys are holding a kicker workout Wednesday that likely will wow. determine their kicker this Sunday versus the Falcons. Um, I don't want to read into anything, obviously, this is a hot topic in the NFL these days. Um, that would lead me to assume that Greg's airline is not vaccinated if he's already ruled out. You know what I mean? Or if they're already willing to rule him out, because if you are, you could test uh, negative 24 hours apart. Obviously, there would be you know time for that if, if this were the case. But um, so that's not an official report or anything. Just, you know, a, a bit of a speculation here. But we'll see. Uh, stay tuned to blog on the boys dot com and we'll keep you updated there. But um, I have long assumed, BLG, we've been talking about this, like even before the, the, the mixtape was born, like that Russell Wilson is going to be a giant or an eagle next year. Right? Like we've we've thought that for a long time. Um, and I am looking forward honestly, to if he's a giant for the headline where you trash the idea of New York trading for him and you're like, this is such a stupid move, blah, blah. I wouldn't uh, say that. <laughs> I, one of the things that you and I have in common is that we both love Russell Wilson. It would greatly pain me to watch him play for either one of these two teams. But like, I don't know why, I say this sincerely, I don't know why Russell would want to go to Philly. Oh, I mean, yeah, like, he shouldn't. Like the, the, I can understand, like it's not like New York's a great football culture, but like there's a benefit to him to go into New York at the very least. I know it's not New York, but like there is a level of brand association with being a New York Giant, and so like I could totally see that. I don't see any motivation towards him wanting to go to Philly. I agree. The only thing that uh, so Mortensen actually kind of addressed that a little bit because obviously Russell Wilson has a no trade clause, and that's relevant for people who didn't know um, that his best thing towards that was like, well, it's kind of close to New York. <laughs> so I was like, okay, great. Uh, I mean, it, he's not like, I mean, yeah, it's not like super far, but like, yeah, it's not a, a, some kind of allure or appeal here. So yeah, I totally agree from that perspective. I don't think it makes like much sense at all for Russell Wilson to want to come to Philly, but um, I mean, Eagles should obviously do everything they can move heaven and earth to get him on this team. Some people have been like, oh, you can't give up these picks for Russell Wilson. I'm like, this is a future Hall of Famer. 
who is only 32 and like quarterbacks are playing well into their late 30s in today's NFL. You have Tom Brady, who is obviously an anomaly, but still, like he's 44. If there's anyone who like dramatically wants to be Tom Brady yes. in that in that capacity, it's Russell Wilson. And also uh, like this big health freak and like weirdo. Yeah, it's him. So um, it's a no-brainer to me. I don't think they can do it in terms of, again, like like him wanting to come here, but like it's like there shouldn't even be a debate. Like you have hundred percent guarantee. If he is traded to the Eagles at some point, the like announcement video on his social channels will be some some like connection to Rocky. It'll be like him, you know. Like, <laughs> tell me, beat, yeah, tell me, himself. yeah. I'll be like wearing the boxing gloves and be like, you know, there, there's a new champion in this city or something. You know what I mean? Like something like that. It will be the lamest thing of all time, but it, it will be cool. Will. It, um, well, but yeah, be, be for you as Secret Eagle Santa will be cool. But um, also the the Go Birds thing is already built in. You know how like he says Go Hawks at the end of every press conference. Now he can just say Go Birds every time. It, I think so. If he's a giant, though, he's he's a big G man guy, is he not? Like if he's a giant, he's like all about the G man. If if that's the case, is that what he says at the end of his press conferences? If he's no. a, a giant, what does he say? Go oh, blue. No, go blue. That's what it is. Like go blue. Holy crap! And that's that. And then he'll be like, <laughs> and then he'll be like, no, nah, no, nah, guys. Uh, I went to Wisconsin, you know, not, not that blue, huh? you know, New York Giants blue, huh? go, go Giants. You know, like that's it's a really good impersonation of Russell Wilson. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, very last thing before we leave. Uh, good week for the Cowboys, kind of, uh, when it comes to draft watching uh, with these teams, the Indianapolis Colts won. Looks like the Eagles are going to get a first round pick there, but they win. So they move back in the order. The Miami Dolphins win, BLG. Big loss for you that they lost to the Houston Texans specifically mm. and to the Jacksonville Jaguars won, which uh, really takes, you know, the the Dolphins out of contention for that number one overall pick. Seems like uh, that's Houston's to to lose, so to speak. The Chicago Bears almost won to push New York's pick back uh, in 2022, but we are always still watching those things. Um, are you just are you ready to assume that Indianapolis's first rounder is what Philly's getting at this point? Barring a Carson Wentz injury, yeah. Like if he right. gets hurt, you know, the next game, then he's out for the season. Then no, obviously. But um, barring any kind of stuff like that, I mean, it's on pace to happen in week thirteen. So you know, we're only a couple, we're three weeks away or four weeks, whatever, four games away from that. So yeah, it's, they're not going to bench him before this. I know the Titans have won here, but the Colts just won, and the Colts get the Jags, I believe, this week. So there's a, I know they just beat the Bills, but there's a decent ch- chance I think the Colts will win this game. Uh, and even if they don't, I still think they're kind of hanging around, and I don't think so- there's going to. Are you has the focus for Eagles fans now shifted towards rooting for Indianapolis to lose? Like now that now that you're kind of at that threshold, because like as Cowboys fans, we've accepted it's going to be a first round pick. So just have them win, be a playoff team, et cetera. But I think that transition should be happening for the Eagles, at least. I mean, I think like one more win, like if they beat the Jags this week, then I'm cool with that. Like beat them just to like ensure that, you know, nothing weird is going to happen and Wentz is going to get bent. And then from there, I think they're good because they'll be five and five and then lose every game possibly can at that point. Um, My question for you before we wrap up is that like, are you do you look at those picks by the Eagles and ever kind of like get nervous as a Cowboys? Not, not at all. Not okay. At all. Well, I, all right. Then we'll let, you took the wind out of the sails, but and that's <laughs> fine. I wasn't like I wasn't saying you had to be. Um, and there's obviously a Howie Roseman factor in there, but I just wanted to like set, preface this by saying like because when the Boston Celtics had a bunch of picks for a long time, you know, from the Brooklyn Nets trade, right? Um, I got worried about that as a Sixers fan, and obviously they kind of blew it, so it didn't you know manifest. But like I was concerned because they had like all these picks. I'm like man, like that's more than the Sixers have, even though the Sixers are going through this process and it feels just like Boston could be in the position to get a star. And again, 
it doesn't always happen because sometimes the teams mess it up or that person doesn't become available or that you trade for the wrong player in Kyrie Irving or whatever um, doesn't guarantee they're going to get it right. So it doesn't even make you like a little bit nervous that like they could get Russell Wilson because they have those picks. Like not saying it's like likely, but like just that that possibility exists. That's the worry is that they they cash out for a known quantity. But if it's oh man, they're gonna they're gonna add three first round talents to this roster. Not worried at all. Like okay. I, like and and that's like you know you do this, we do this, we we both do similar content sometimes at, at our sites. Um, every week when I do the rooting guide for blogging the boys, you know, and this might be a little bit different now that the Cowboys are coming off of a loss, but all the last month blg it's been i'm rooting for the nfc's teams you know i'm, I'm rooting i want to see them hurt their draft pick and i don't you know i don't even care i'm not even concerning myself with the colts or the dolphins because howie roseman can't draft so who cares <laughs> like so no cowboys fan is like preoccupied with the threat of of like draft damage from the eagles but uh, mm-hmm. an acquisition of russell wilson say would would be nerve-wracking especially if over the course of the rest of the season Devonte smith turns into something and if there's anybody who i think jalen rager stands a chance a chance to kind of like turn <laughs> into something with it's russell wilson and so because like I, I i could see it now too like you know the sports center tweet the like who's stopping this offense and it's like it's like a, a photo of russell and yeah. Devonte and uh, rager and miles sanders and goddard like yeah. and then it will be really that's that's a really predictable thing I hate those so much every year, every off season, just like always players who, who are in those. And it's just like, just because you post a, like a picture of a player, doesn't mean they're good. Like it's, people do this all the time. A similar thing happens with like, and this happened. I'm not saying Von Miller's not a good player. He went to the greatest school in the world, but it like all last week it was like, and the Rams have, you know, Aaron Donald who has led the NFL in pressures since 2014. And they just added Von Miller. Who's led them in the, like since 2011. It's like, you know that 2021 Von Miller isn't like 2013 Von, or that wasn't a great Von Miller, but like, you know, like he's a different dude now. You know what I mean? Like that, that would be like, I mean, I'm exaggerating, but that'd be like the 49ers signing Jerry Rice and being like, the Niners just signed the NFL's all-time leader in receiving yards. You know what I mean? Like, like you can't grandstand that way and feel like, and, and like make it make sense today. Like time happens. Oh, I would also say like, this is very, those kind of, pictures and everything are very kind of like nba stuff because it actually matters like if you have three really good players in the nba team's probably going to be like really really good and have a chance to win the championship whereas like the nfl and i'm thinking of back to like let's say like namdi in drc mm-hmm. and uh Vince Sante, young. Obviously, don't forget yeah, Vince young oh well, yeah who famously played cornerback um like uh like obviously those players didn't work out but even if they were good let's say it, it's a good trio of players like it doesn't necessarily matter because like the end there's so much parody in the NFL. It's just like, okay, it's a good unit, but it doesn't mean like they're it's like, cause it, it's always framed as like who could possibly stop this now or who could deal like this. And it's like, I don't know. A bunch of teams probably could because <laughs> it's the NFL. The answer is the Denver Broncos. That's who can yeah. stop you. Um, nice. Um, good mixtape. Good job. Volume 30 in the book. Survivor sucks. We covered it all. Uh, BLG. The, la- the last six words. It's gotta be six words belong to you so make them good make them great because we're signing off as soon as you get them out i do not want to say see you next week
Quad 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Quad 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.